Good afternoon. I'm watching this May 12th, 2020. I'm losing count. I guess this is episode 14 of is a good it may be a good time to listen. This episode is called My Word Will Not Return Unto Me Void. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud, bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the either. So is my word that go out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I, uh, what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That's Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11 from the NIV. And also, Jesus says, from Revelation 22 and 12 from the NIV, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. So whatever God says, he means. And there's nothing that goes out from his word that's going to return to him empty. But it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So when God sends something out, it's going to work. Now, who can you believe today? Who can you believe today? Politicians lie. You may blame President Trump for the hangnail your Aunt Margaret has, but the truth of the matter is that so many people have fallen into the Kool-Aid of politics, and they don't seem to get it yet that neither side cares about them. These top politicians are locked into being a politician. They can't help it. It comes natural to them blame the other side for something. Let me stop there a second. You know what I'm saying? These politicians, are pol- no matter what's going on in the world, they have a political mind. If you're a liberal and Democrat or whatever, you hate the conservatives and Republicans. And whatever you say has to be the opposite of what they say. It, it, they just automatically do it without even thinking. If a Republican comes up with a good idea, they have to go the opposite way. If a Democrat comes up with a good idea, Republicans have to go the opposite way. It's just in them to be opposite to each other. They can't help it. They're locked into that. They're locked into being a politician. That's why you can't put your trust in man or woman. You have to trust God. It just comes natural to them to blame the other side for something. President Trump sent the the comfort ship out to New York and it hardly got used. So it went back. People say, oh, they're going to blame him for that. And you already know he's getting blamed for everything else. Now, don't mind me, I'm apolitical, so I have, not, I have no, no nickel in that quarter, so to speak. Now, let's face it. If a person hates President Trump, 
He'll never be able to do anything right. If a person likes Trump, they're always making an excuse for almost anything he does. This is just called human nature. For some folks, you better not say anything bad about Obama. They'll have your head. But a politician is a politician. And Obama's been a politician for a long time. So he knows how to be smooth. And since you know that they lie, ask yourself that serious question. Why do I support a liar? That goes to anybody. I'm not just talking about Obama. I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about the rest of them. Why do I support a liar? Like I said, me, I'm apolitical. I don't support any party. It's God's word over any man or woman. So remember, they're locked into being who they are. That's just them. Doesn't matter what's going on, even in the midst of a pandemic, they're still fighting with each other. And old folks rarely change. Pelosi is 81. Trump is 73. Schumer is 69. Maxine Waters is 81. Get the idea? And some of the young people come up, they're very smart, and some of the young people come up, they're very dumb, very idealistic. They have no way of paying for this. All they have is good ideas. We should, we should, we should. Don't you get tired of hearing, we should do this, we ought to do that. We need we need this, we need that. What we need is, we need it. We get tired of hearing that. What's the, what is the solution? And how are we gonna deal with it? But as long as you keep God out of everything, you ain't going nowhere. That's why these two sides are gonna keep fighting until the cows come home. Hopefully they'll turn around and repent before that last too late. God's bringing us to our knees and we better understand it. Now, I understand that the coronavirus is even spreading with people staying home. So even a lockdown is spreading within the house. So it's like you can run, but you can't hide. People say, don't, don't open the country yet. Don't open the business yet. Because people are going to start getting infected. And people are getting infected on lockdown. So sick of one after the other, what you going to do? If you go to work, you're darned. If you stay home, you're darned. So what you gonna do? Only God knows the answer after this. And we better turn to him before it's everlasting too late. Next, CEOs of companies lie. Do you honestly think CEOs are always on the up and up? They have million dollars salaries to protect their own. And they're responsible for the stability of their company. So, I mean, if you own the company, who wants to see their own company go belly up? Nobody. So these men, these people who are behind the scenes, they're responsible. And well, we'll say responsible, meaning that even if they have nothing to do with it physically, if somebody in the organization is acting up, Let's say if some manager of one of their Dallas companies has embezzled $7 million over the last three years. And then somewhere in Ohio, somebody else is doing something. 
even though the CEO doesn't know, and then he finds out, he's held responsible for it. So don't you think he's gonna lie? Of course he's gonna lie, because he wants people to keep coming in and buying their stuff. So his, his profits can go up. Excuse me. False profits lie. Here's the next one. False profits lie. How many times in a decade do we see someone trying to predict the exact time of Jesus' return? It cannot be done, so please stop trying to get it right. Not only are their Jesus' return predictions wrong, but their individual prophetic lies to you are also wrong. Listen to these two passages of passages of scripture. Excuse me. Deuteronomy 18, verse 21 from the NLT. But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. So there's your formula. When somebody's prophesying to you, say, oh, you're going to get a new this, you're going to get a new that. Oh, you're going to get, this is going to happen to you. Very simple. God says, as a prophet speaks in Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. So don't worry about him. Here's another one. St. Mark chapter 13 verses 32 and 33 from the LT however no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen in other words when all the uh, death the, the, the coming the end excuse me the coming of the end of the coming age that's what I'm trying to say the end of this age rather the coming back of Jesus Christ however no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. Tells you, tells you the time. Nobody knows the day or the hour. That's it. Leave it alone. People start predicting when Jesus is coming back. Like I said, the closest a person may get is the fourth feast. Probably the fall feast of Israel, of the Lord. You may get to know something in there about the fall feast around the Day of Atonement and uh, Feast of Trumpets. It may be in there somewhere, but it's as close as you're going to get. Because there's too many time zones in the world, so nobody's going to know when to come back. Somebody might be sleeping, someone might, might be working around the house. Somebody might be driving along in their car. You don't know. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Just accept it and go on with your life. Now I know the question is, how can the son not know? I can honestly say I don't know how that supernatural arrangement works. And I don't want to speculate. 
The point is, stop guessing. That's the whole point of that. Stop guessing. Stop trying to figure it out. Now here's another one. College, college professors lie. Even though right now, things are shut down, and that's a message in itself. Parents send their kids off to college, and anyone else who plans on going to college, note that college professors, for whatever reason they have, are going to deprogram your kids into believing that God doesn't exist. And because your kids' minds are still in the developing stage, they'll probably listen to whatever the professor tells them, hands down. Now, the, uh, the professors, they'll make good sounding cases as to why they say there's no God. But it's all still going to be lies, trash, and garbage. Now, there is an attack on followers of Christ. And one of the best places to cause doubt on God's existence is a college where young, pliable minds can be twisted into fake knowledge. <clears throat> and as long as people can't and won't defend their faith, these cobras will continue to bite without enchantment. And the lions will continue to devour our young people. Next one, the media, the media lies. This should not surprise anybody, especially in the politics arena. Look, let CNN, MSNBC, and others fight with Fox News. Let us turn our attention to the Lord, because as we as a nation keep ignoring the cornerstone, the world falls deep into deprivation. Who can you believe today? One station blames China for this pandemic. Another says, oh, don't blame them. Oh, don't do that. Oh, don't call us Chinese. Oh, don't do that. Now, they report inaccurate information either on purpose or based on inaccurate figures given. So they might just report the figures they get, but the figures are gonna be wrong. We should know by now that the media hates Trump. And let's keep in mind that this almost four-year-old hatred is spiritual, it's not natural. Now, I don't wanna go off on a tangent, because I might. You may ask, are you on his side? No, I told you I'm made political. But you, can't, but you can't ignore the spiritual fight. You can't ignore the spiritual fight. This hatred of a president has never been this deep in all my years. Something else is going on here. Can't you tell? It's a lot more than just disliking a man who's in the White House. Because it goes a lot further than that. Once again, I don't want to say what this is going. Not yet, not in this episode. Next one, Hollywood lies. There's so much corruption over there, not to mention this uh, dismantling of any God-given values. 
God said marriage is between a man and a woman. Yet you know where that wound up. God said he hates the shedding of innocent blood. Yet Hollywood embraces pro-choice. Okay. God first said that a rapist should be killed. Yet Hollywood protects big shots who attack women and then they dare the women to say anything. Hollywood wants gun control then puts out a violent movie with loads of guns in it. Can you say hypocritical? Boys and girls, can you say that word, hypocritical? So-called pastors lie. First of all, if God didn't call you and send you to be a pastor, you're sitting in the wrong seat. Second, it won't work out for you. No matter if it seems to be working fine, if it hasn't been planted by God, it will be rooted up. Thirdly, if you think this is how you're going to make money and become the next T.D. Jakes or Joe Olstein or Paula White, and the list goes on, forget it. That's the wrong mindset. <clears throat> okay, now for the line pastors who secretly don't really have your soul salvation as their priority. Here's Jeremiah 23, verses 1 and 2 from the New King James. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. Now the one big mistake some pastors and lay people make is that they don't read the word of God for themselves. Now one would think that as a pastor a lot of their time is spent in the Bible. But in today's day and age, many pastors and saints alike are feeling like they don't need the Bible. Excuse me, that's a big time mistake. Here's some excuses that are popular. Uh, that's not relevant for today. It's too complicated. The stories are way out there. It contradicts itself too much. As a pastor, I don't want to offend anybody. We don't need the whole thing. It's all about Jesus' grace anyway nowadays. God is always killing people in the Old Testament yet Jesus is a God of compassion so I don't get it alright I'm going to tell you though the more you listen to these podcasts those excuses are going to be eradicated not because I'm so smart or smart at all but because God will unravel your doubts God's going to do it these folks that I mentioned before they're all going to lie but God is not a man that he should lie Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. In the NLT. God is not human, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried that out? Now, just because he doesn't do something in our lifetime doesn't mean he's not going to do it. 
People say, oh yeah, I'm praying for this and I didn't see it and I'm an old person now. I'm about to die. I haven't seen none of that stuff yet. Maybe it's not for you to see it, but it's still coming. If God said something, it's coming. Did not, wasn't that the first verse I read? Verses? I read them again at the end. <clears throat> this is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 from the NIV. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, this is Paul talking. Paul saying, By me and Silas and Timothy, that word, when we preach Jesus to you, it was not yes and no. But in him has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So see, just because you don't see in your lifetime, it's men not coming. All his promises are yes. Yes and amen. <clears throat> now here's a question for you. Would you be more inclined to believe a person who can recite history or one who can um, successfully predict the future. Let's say it again. Would you be more inclined to believe a person who can recite history or one who can successfully predict the future? Well, here's a hint which way you probably want to go. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10b, from King James. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. <clears throat> I'm not going to try to influence you one way or the other. This next part I'm going to do, no one wants to hear, but someone has to warn the people in love so that they'll turn, repent, and give God the heart, mind, and whole life. But before I get to the ugly part, <laughs> people might call ugly all of God's words are good. First, let's listen to Hope and Promise. From Lamentations chapter 3, verses 31 and 32 from the NIV. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he caused the grief, Yet he will have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. Remember that. <clears throat> now, listen to this. This is Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 15 and 16, and verse 28 and 29 in the NIV. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me. I guess it's Jeremiah. Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath and make all nations, all the nations to whom I send you to drink it. When they drink it, they will stagger and go mad because of the sword I will send among them. And here's verse 28. But if they refuse to take the cup of my hand and drink it, tell them this is what the Lord Almighty says. You must drink it. 
I guess it goes on to verse 29, somewhere around here. See, I am beginning to bring disaster on the city that bears my name, Jerusalem. And will you indeed go unpunished? You will not go unpunished, for I am calling down a sword on all who live on the earth, because the Lord Almighty. Now, God is willing to bring disaster on Jerusalem and Israel. He shows some people. To, uh, now, up to date, for the United States, do we think we're going to go unpunished? If God was willing to put them into slavery for 400 years with the Egyptians, because he still loved them, they still became his chosen people. You think God is going to let the rest of the world skate by for all the sin that's been committed throughout it? No. So keep that in mind as things continue to grow worse with this coronavirus and everything else. Like I said before, even people on lockdown are getting it. So it's like, we can run, but you can't hide. Now, these verses I just read, history-wise, we can say that this happened already. But prophecy-wise, this is going to happen again. Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 and 10. I'm not going to read them. That's just a reference point. <clears throat> now, I have something else from Revelation, though. Chapter 21, verses 3 and 4 from NLT. This is John the Revelator talking. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I love this. So encourage each other, saints, with those words. He's not only a God of love, but a God of justice. Excuse me, Lamentations chapter 3. Excuse me, verse 30 and 39 for the NLT. But remember this. Now keep that in mind what I just read from Revelation. But keep this in mind too. Does not the Most High send both calamity and good? Then why should we, men, humans, complain when we are punished for our sins? I read that again, Lamentations 3, 38 and 39. Does not the Most High send both calamity and good? Then why should we, men, humans, complain when we are punished for our sins? I'm going to say this one more time. Not, not just one more time. I'll probably always say this. We have to stop thinking that God is one or the other. You know, is, is God angry all the time? Or is God a God of love and compassion all the time? Well, you got to read the Bible. You have to look in the Bible. God is not angry with his saints. He's not angry with anybody that comes to him. He's a God of love. But he also gets angry at sin. The Bible says in Psalm 711, God is a, a just judge. He's angry with the wicked every day. You understand that, right? But at the same time, he loves his saints. 
Now remember, love is not the way we think of it in America. Because this is a God of love, yet he let his chosen people go into captivity over and over again. But why did they wind up in captivity? Because they kept sinning and going after false gods. So he was going to punish them, but makes the world think that he's not going to punish them. So God is a God of love, but he's not going to be a God of love when sin is involved. And people refuse to turn from their sin. You say, well, well everybody sins, sins. Okay. You say, well, everybody sins. But if you belong to him, you get chastised. If you if you want to love and stay in sin, you're a friend of the devil. That's Bible. So there's nothing you can do about it. So God's not walking around angry all the time, waiting to slap you upside the head. He's a God of love and peace. But you have to come to him. Like as long as you're standing in darkness, he's he's asking you to come out of darkness and come to him. And that's what he's doing around the whole world. So he said, well, why as well as disaster happening? Because we we love God. We don't know God. We said we don't want him. Like I read, I I forgot how long ago I read, how come God's doing all this to us? Well, 1963, we kicked God out of schools. No more prayer. No more Bible reading in school. Why is God doing this to us? Well, we approve gay marriage among all na- among every state as a law. Why is God doing this to us? Well, because we kill millions of babies every day. Thousands of thousands of babies every day since Roe versus Wade, I think it's up to 60-something million <coughs> babies have been aborted. And all we say, it's a woman's right. That's not your body. It's a God's body. And murder is murder. Even if it is your body. <laughs> oh, I should have a right. Oh, you should have a right to commit murder. I right to want you to murder your boss tomorrow. I mean, let, let's be real, realistic about this thing. Stop being so silly because you want to do something. Say, well, why is God bringing all this on this? Well, we keep having all this sexual immorality. We have men and women that want to, uh, you know, to find out that they're soulmate. They want to have sex with them first. They want to try out the car before they uh, buy it. And God says, no, you got to get out of our wife first. No boyfriend, girlfriend. Every time we see each other, it's supposed to be because you want to get married. And you keep yourself uh, after until you get married. But now, why is God bringing on? We, we have a whole lot of reason why God's bringing all the stuff on us. We better wake up and repent in turn. I think that's the next one. So my word will not return unto me void. Let me just read that one again. <clears throat> As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Because Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11 from the NIV.
God's word is not going to return to him void. It's going to accomplish. And he's an awful lot. So if you're trying to separate everything and say God this and God that and he's only nice and he's only he's only mean all the time, you're both wrong. God's not mean. And God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And all of it is not always going to be pleasant, but it's always the branch to Christ. So stay encouraged in the Lord. Give God your life if you haven't. We haven't seen nothing yet. Things are going to get worse before they get better. But nevertheless, step with the Lord. Remember, he's going to wipe all tears away from my eyes. Pretty soon this whole nonsense is going to be over. I'm talking about uh, civilization as we know it. And he's going to set up his kingdom. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. So, God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen.